All right. Good morning, everybody. Bob Turner. I'm back for podcast number five. I'm sitting here with my cousin, actually. His name's Matt Ferry. He's down in North Carolina. Uh, Mass 39. And uh, just referring to my notes here a little bit. Um, Mass 39. He's, he's a dad. He's got a daughter, Peyton. She's 12. Um, Matt's a, a Marine. Uh, and I, I never say former Marine to Marines. I always say Marine. Uh, some people say that. I don't like that. You Once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. So uh, I, I know Matt spent time in Fallujah, um, and, uh, you know, he wrote a blank check to the U S government, um, to go and, and fight for our freedom. And, and I'm proud to, to know him and, and even more proud to be related to him. So, uh, like I said, he's my cousin, he's my first cousin. I don't see him as much as I, I'd like to, he's down in North Carolina. Um, but he loves to fish and, uh, his, uh, his passion is fishing, I would say. And through that, uh, and, and kind of getting back to being part of civilization, as you say, uh, he, uh, he created a, a um, nonprofit called Veterans Fishing. And in my quest to have ordinary people on that are doing extraordinary things, Matt came to mind because I followed him on Instagram where he's got about 11,000 followers. Um, and I've just thought that was pretty cool all the time. So um, we thought, uh, thought we'd bring him on. He does, uh, he uses the platform to talk about uh, PTSD and traumatic brain injury, things like that. Uh, he's talking about things people don't want to talk about all the time. So I'm proud of him for that. Um, so Matt, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, take, yeah, take a couple seconds and tell us what you're all about and uh, get us going. All right. Well, um, as you said, you know, 39, pushing that 40 mark. So uh, <laughs> just starting to hit my stride, if you know what I mean. Um, but no, I, I basically, we're not just to clarify, um, not a nonprofit officially, um, that the goal with that someday is when I personally have boats, um, that I'm running, but well, I, I can get into that in a little bit, but basically, um, I'm all about helping veterans. It, it, it really is, is even more simple than just veterans fishing. Um, it's not that I, I get paid to, to help veterans. It's not that I get any sort of incentive or prize every day that I wake up. That's basically my goal. You know, if I can help one guy, one girl in whatever they're looking to do, um, as an example, I had a random, random girl, non-veteran, um, approach me a couple of weeks ago. She had a friend who's a veteran that she wanted to send out in a, on a personal charter trip by himself in Texas approached me and said, will you help me do the fundraiser? Absolutely. And that, and that took almost no effort. It was just sharing posts, um, you know, just kind of communicating with her and she raised like 600 bucks in a few days. So. So you're using your influence uh, through the Instagram page to Absolutely. connect with people really, I mean, nationally. As much as I possibly can. Um, it definitely when I see folks that have a lot of followers, especially way more than, than me, um, than us, it's, it's basically, and, and not using it for the right reasons, I guess, um, yep. it bothers me, you know? So I try to, people, people like will, will compliment that and comment about the followers and whatnot, but it took thousands of, and thousands of conversations, um, so I guess create a lot of those followers, if you want to call it that. But so you've, you've done that organically, as they say. Yeah, so this, the, this, um, this all started on Instagram, um, mm -hmm. kind of Tarantinoing this a little bit, but yeah. um, 
basically it was it was started to just try and pull in people like myself that were um, either in the midst of their struggle with transition from military life to civilian life or veterans themselves that just went out fishing. I just wanted to start a community um, on social media. Instagram happened to be the first platform I tried. Um, and it took off pretty quick. It, it was just more or less a, a environment for people to share fish pictures, stories, find people in their area that, that they didn't know were in their area to fish with. Um, I, I'd like to say that I'm responsible for a few friendships out there that, that people have made with each other um, just for the simple fact of the page being there. Um, so it basically started as a community and I saw a way to help in selling hats. That's how I, that's what I started with. One, one run of hats um, looked a lot like this, but they were all black. And you need, some, uh, you need some fish hooks in that thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You're too busy on the end of the line. Right. But basically, um, I wanted to start a nonprofit, but um, 100% transparency. I was I was going through a divorce, and I just did not have the uh, the means for that, or nor did I want to get my my name all involved in a in a thing where I wasn't stable 100% um, personally. Sure. So. I chose the route of going with an LLC, which what is what veterans fishing is. However, I've never met anyone else that does what I do, and I don't take a paycheck. The only money that doesn't go back out to charter boats and captains and organizations that are taking veterans fishing is the money to rebuy more apparel. True. That's it. Is, I don't, the apparel, I don't, is the apparel a fundraising source for you? Yeah, that's a, it's the first one. It's the biggest one. Um, it's, it's one of three ways that, that we've, you know, that I've found to raise funds very easily. Um, it's a constant, it's a constant reminder because it can't, you know, obviously you're getting new followers all the time. So sometimes you'll, you'll not put out the message of what you do for a while and you'll have a thousand new followers or 500 new followers and you need to kind of reeducate, you know, those folks right. on what it is you do. It's not just 5%. It's a hundred percent. That's, that's going back, um, out of everything that's gets sold and raffled and tournaments, everything. So you're busy with it. Um, let's, let's back up a little bit. Uh, talk to me about your military career. When, when were you in, when did you get out? What'd you do when you were in there and what was it like coming back? All right. Uh, I was in 02 to 06. Um, I went to school for artillery. Um, Cannon Crewman was my MOS name, 0811. Um, did a lot of training in that, uh, but obviously once they realized that Iraq was going to be an imminent thing, um, they started spinning guys up to, to get ready for the invasion to go over there. Um, the timing of my entrance into the Marines and the time that I got out of my school landed right about the time where my unit that I was going to was already deployed in Okinawa, Japan. So me and a bunch of these other little hodgepodge group of Marines that just got to the fleet got sent over to a headquarters unit, um, kind of like the land of misfit toys where all of our units had, <laughs> had been gone or, or something like that. But um, we got put on uh, guard duty for like a month. And while all this stuff's happening and we can feel it around us, we can feel people training and, and you know, 
next thing we know, we get told like, you're going over there for support. And we didn't know if it was Kuwait, Iraq, whatever, but we ended up starting in Kuwait and um, was basically with a grunt unit out of Camp Lejeune, right down the road from me now, um, 2-6. And they were in charge of guarding Camp Commando, which was the main hub for basically the, the kickoff to the war. Um, so spent a lot of time in scud bunkers, dodging missiles and basically wearing full gas mat. It's called, you know, mop four, which is basically like everything suit, gas mask, hooded, everything. And, you know, sometimes it's 110 degrees out there and you got to stay in that stuff until the alarms stop. And, um, so real quick, you know, as a kid going into that environment, you just, you learn to make friends, you learn to become, um, you know, uh, humorous to everything. Everything is comedy. You have to allow that to happen in an yeah. environment like that, even though you're not, you know, we're not out there in convoys laughing our asses off, but like we, we still had to compartmentalize everything immediately. There was no room for, you know, playing the little kid anymore or the the dumb recruit that that doesn't know what he's doing and this and that it's it was time to become a man and you're busting then, balls you're busting balls but you you've got family and and you are family correct so you know that and like you're saying that's that's like that had to be my family um because that was the furthest i had ever been away from home the longest i had ever been away yeah. from home um the most letters i had ever written and received in my life um so it's definitely a, a different time and i'm kind of glad that technology uh wasn't yeah. as prevalent as it is now because you know i still have those letters in bags and um i yeah. read them from time to time and you know yours being one of them that's you know, the, the hancock lumber letterhead uh, <laughs> that, was long, that was a long time ago i remember that yeah but, um basically when that deployment was over you know we were saying goodbye to a unit that we just spent, you know, the better part of like six months with and going back to be attached to this original unit that we were supposed to be. Um, so when you first get into the military, there's a certain period of time where you're treated differently, you know, and you're called a boot. Um, it's, it's a rite of passage type thing. Every, every guy, you know, has got to deal with it. And that's just the way it is. Myself and one other individual got back to this unit and we had deployed to a combat zone as boots and all these other saltier Marines were in Okinawa partying and, you know, doing nothing else really. So um, I got to kind of skip that, which was, which was good, but it also, it also, I missed that little section of of military, like all the little stuff you do back in the rear, as they call it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the making the bunk perfect and, you know, pressing out the, the camis every day. Like I, I missed all that. So when I got back, I was, you know, kind of an S bag as they call it. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, I, you know, we didn't get messed with just because, you know, we had already kind of respect paid our dues. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, real quick, that unit got, orders our unit um got orders that we were going back so we transferred at that point from an artillery unit to a grunt unit we were called provisional riflemen 
Um, we trained with grunt units. We did what's called a CACS uh, several times, combined arms exercises. We went into old neighborhoods that were run down in California and basically played um, war with, you know, people posing as terrorists and things like that. And uh, all that training definitely helped. And I, I don't know how else to tell people, but my second tour, like I, I feel like I exceeded. That was my, that was my, that was a place that was easy to uh, stand out because if you basically just gave zero Fs and, and, you know, just didn't worry every minute of every day yeah, um, and kept your mind on the, on the missions and, and things like that, you know, you could be put up the ladder, if you will, pretty quick. And I was a fire team leader, which is normally a, a corporal or sergeant or above position, but I was it as a Lance corporal. Um, so I had my own vehicle, my own team. Um, I ran over a hundred fire mission or excuse me, fire team missions, uh, convoys, things like that with those guys. Um, as you said, we were in Fallujah, Phantom Fury. Um, that was definitely one of the, one of the toughest places that I've ever been. Um, and any guy that was there during that time frame for Phantom Fury, um, you, you meet them and you find out that they were there and nothing else needs to be said. It's basically that kind of understanding of, of what took place. Um, and then kind of in a nutshell, after that deployment um, ended and we got back, it was at a time where PTSD really wasn't, you know, at the forefront of any sort of medical discussion in the military. It's still to this day, gets brushed aside and there in myself along with hundreds of other veterans speak out about that a lot because we get messages from guys that are active active duty now um crying out for help basically you know saying that either they have ptsd or their seniors that were in when i was in are treating them you know like xyz so there was a, that process of transition began basically the minute that I got back and there was no assistance with that transition. You know, I was six months away from getting out at that time. Um, and so I ended up getting put with a, another headquarters unit. And that's when I started having the problems that, you know, you hear a lot of guys talk about um, the anger, the, the drinking relentlessly, the, you know, just you know infidelity the list goes on and on so like it just it was a very like dark time for me when I was when I was first getting ready to get out like I didn't know what I was going to do I didn't know where I was going to go I ended up going to Hilton Head um, South Carolina when I got out so um, that was where I had a couple friends living out of high school but basically looking back on the on the four years that I had done I didn't view it as anything other than, you know, I, I spent a majority of my time in, in the theater of the desert. So um, that was very hard to let go of. And to this day, um, you, you talk to anybody that's, that has PTS or TBI, um, it's not something that's cured. It just gets better. Doesn't go away. Correct. Yeah, you learn to live with it, right? Absolutely. Well, that's some stuff. That's some tough stuff, Matt. Um, you know, I've thought about you over the years and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's tough to deal with. And you hear about that. Wow. That guy, yeah, I just deal with PTSD, but 
unless you were there, it's, you know, I can't put my finger on it, what you went through and saw and you and millions of other guys, I'm sure. But, um, you know, all I would say is, you know, keep fighting a good fight. And I, I think that, you know, you're doing good things and you know that. And they say the easiest way to help some, but what easiest way to help yourself is, is to help someone else. Right. That's correct. And it looks like to me anyway, on the surface, you're, you're doing that every day. And that's kind of how you get out of bed every morning. And maybe that's what keeps you going. I'm sure every day isn't rainbows and unicorns. Um, no, it, it's not. And like, um, an example of that, you know, not being it is definitely like when we had the Afghanistan pullout, and I, I, I use that word very loosely. Yeah, um, it doesn't need to be discussed, really. It just right. we all know what happened. But it, yeah. talking to a lot of guys that were there, that were having a really hard time because of that, you know. So, yeah, yeah, and I won't dive deep into that with you. I'll just say that when those are, I guess, what do they call them? Triggers, right? So when you see something yeah. like that, or maybe something that doesn't jive with you or, or, you know, pisses you off or gets onto your skin, that's got like almost like a setback, right? It's yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine, uh, I guess in, in your, in your line of work, you know, uh, you're working under a GC that builds a, a huge mansion and then a new GC comes in and, and burns it down. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's all your work gone. Right. Yeah. Oh. yeah yeah well um that's that's a lot and i appreciate you sharing that and it, it adds some uh context and perspective for anybody that that might be looking at this and seeing kind of you know what you've been through and where you came from and why you're getting behind what you're getting behind um you've always loved to fish um how has starting that they say if you take something you love and make it your work you never work another day in your life right <laughs> that's right <laughs> Hopefully this hasn't taken the passion of, of fishing away from you. No, if anything, it's, it's just, uh, it's just made it stronger. If, if, it, if it's even possible to do that. Um, when I first moved to Hilton Head, when I got out of the Marines, um, I basically was bartending, working at a golf course. Um, I was making really good money, you know, because in, in environments like that touristy, you know, a lot of tips, et cetera. Um, I was making a lot of money. So naturally I, I, I partied really hard and I worked on a fishing boat part-time. Um, but fishing to me then when I got out of the Marines didn't have the same meaning that it does to me now. It was an excuse to go drink. Right. And that's, that's what I used it for, for the better part of, you know, the next five years after that. So I've always been a fisherman. Um, you know, your uncle, my dad, he was a fly fisherman yeah. Um, when he passed, I, I kind of had thoughts of continuing to fish. I didn't, my mom didn't really know much about it and the fly stuff was just way too hard. So finally, when I made, you know, my first friend or two at like eight or nine years old and went fishing, we did spin fishing. So, um, just conventional. So basically just took that and, and went in that direction. I still always have uber respect for the fly guys because that is an art that really no other outdoor sport possesses in my opinion um but it, it just at, at that was the the fork in the road where i went uh to conventional fishing and i really haven't looked back so um, it's, it's kind of cool to see you take something that was <clears throat> an escape if you will uh from one thing uh back then and yep. you, you've still you're still using it so to speak um as a way to, um, you know, create calm and, and uh, 
peace in your life um, without the drinking and without any of the other crap. You know, Correct. you you haven't you're you you don't drink. Nope. It was uh, it's actually going to be seven years in March. Good for you. Congratulations. That's Thank great. You. That's that's not easy, especially coming from from what you've come from and and uh, and dealing with some of the stuff that you've dealt with. So, um, so what's uh, I mean, you've got this veterans fishing thing. What's what's a daily routine for you? You know, you're getting out of bed. You're you're trying to get your feet on the ground and, and get right. Um, see what the day brings and and talk to me about a typical day. The best part is there is no routine. Um, there's no there's no set kind of day for me. Um, I mean. In the winter time, that's definitely a hard time because you're, you're trying to just fundraise um, yeah. because there's no fishing trips going out. But you got to remember the public is spending money on Christmas, on holidays, on, you know, so it's, it's a hard time to fundraise. Right. Um, so but majority of the time, basically end of October through um, now, you know, recently within the past couple of weeks is just sending out an enormous amount of messages, uh, emails, um, 13 fishing is a company out of, uh, Clearwater, Florida. Um, they're a company that I've been, um, hot on personally for a while. I love their equipment. I love their gear. They love veterans. They love, um, made in America. They're, they're a very legit company. Um, I reached out to them as one of the people saying, you know, we'd love to have you sponsor some raffles or you know whatever you could do would be fantastic they turned around and brought me on as an ambassador personally wow so i'm basically now um part of team 13 fishing and basically the reason they did that was to you know get with me first see how that relationship works and then with hopes to my you know integrating them into into veterans fishing because the thing that I lack um, is is sponsorship, and the reason because of that is it's it's run differently than nonprofits, like you alluded to earlier. But just to answer your question, like for today, I have two tournaments going. So first thing in the morning when I wake up, um, I'm logging into this website called TourneyX, which is where I host the tournaments and the tournaments are something that I started last year in late summer. Um, majority of our followers are very very understanding of the fact that if they pay 35 dollars to enter a tournament and they win and they get so I, i'm in my guest room here i'll show you these are prizes laid out for a current tournament that we're doing wow <laughs> so, so you get people to donate that yeah so it's a, it's it's just a lot of cool companies that that um that see what we're trying to do and and there I've, I've had emails come in and, and ask people grilling me saying, I want to know exactly if this sounds too good to be true. And I'm like, I have shown people my, <laughs> my Shopify statements and this you, map. But... You get some haters, Matt. I mean, anybody that's got 11,000 followers on uh, you know, any medium uh, has got to have somebody out there trying to stick it in your ribs. Have you yeah. had some of that? Yeah, I've had uh, not a lot, thankfully, but um you know, people think that all veterans get along. Um, that's not true. I mean, I wish that was true, but like at the end of the day, we're all different people, just like, just like the rest of us. Um, but the reason I bring that up is, you know, I've had a couple, um, over the years that have reached out and look, they, they look at me, those, those individuals, like they look at me like competition and that's, that's, 
so far from the opposite, you know, of how I think. And to me, every single person that it has any involvement with getting a veteran, not just on a boat, but outdoors in any capacity for therapy, you're on my team. Right. Um, And I also don't have a set list of people that I send this money to. You know, if I see a a 501c3 pop up that I didn't know about and I research them and I find out they have a, you know, say a a boar hunt coming up for veterans, I might throw a hundred bucks or 200 bucks their way. Right. Because it looks like it it really all boils down to me is the environment that's going to be created to show this therapy to veterans filling a a hundred foot boat with a hundred veterans that's not my idea of of connection and you know you can't even hear nature when you're on a boat with that many people (laughs) no so you're you're i mean this requires a fair amount of time from you it does and it's finally gotten to a point where um discussions have been had not only with me and and Melissa, my significant other, but also a lot of other guys that I work with in in this space, um, basically saying, I got to start paying myself just a little bit here, you know, to to keep doing this. And it's it's been something that I put my foot on the ground since day one and said, I'm never going to take money from this. But when I calculate all the hours that I put into it, that that's what helps, helps you gotta me. eat you know you gotta eat and pay yeah. your rent you know i mean yeah are you I have work, other, working I otherwise have i'm sorry are you working otherwise i do yeah so this will make some people laugh but down here and where i live in north carolina um people pay for services everything yeah. um we started a business that picks up dog poo so that's oh, what goodness. i do yeah four four mornings a week i go out and pick up dog poo for for people and it, and it pays it pays some bills so i mean it's um what the heck it's a, huh? good, it's a good filler and i i always try to keep x amount of hours in the week open um i know you know this but people that watch this will probably won't but peyton my daughter is a diabetic so i just try to remain on call if something right. happens you know at school or wherever she's at i i can be there and it's it's something well, that i mean there are no dog shit emergencies, right? So, I mean, that could wait, right? You could walk away from that. I mean, what the heck? You've created something that you can go do anytime. You can control your own schedule and you can pour as much time as you want to or need to into veterans fishing. Correct. That's it. And that's, I, and I kind of joked when we, when we first came up with the idea of the, the small little side business, but I mean, it's something that, um, exactly like you're saying it can be done anytime and people are just happy that we're there to do it and there's a guy up here in maine is he's the dump guy and he started with a pickup truck cleaning out people's basements he's got i don't know 27 vehicles and 30 <laughs> plus employees and he's i'm sure he's a millionaire so um, i mean we can make that the 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 dog pickup stuff as as busy or as slow as we want so that's yeah. that's a good thing too well so I always say this to people, you know, flash forward five years and, uh, you know, what do you see? And if you had a crystal ball, you know, for both you and, and for veterans fishing. Well, I have probably at this point about a dozen guys and girls, um, either veterans or people that I have built a lot of trust with that have some sort of relationship with a veteran in their life. 
as not pro staff or ambassadors or paid people, but they're people that believe so hard in this that I feel like they're a carbon copy of me to an extent. Um, my goal in, in five years and, and what I, I have dreams about um, is to have each one of these people as basically a satellite, you know, location. And they've are these are people that have offered their own time, their own boats, their own kayaks, their own fishing gear, their own time. Um, and the people with bigger boats, you know, all I, all they've asked for in return is for us to help with gas and ice and bait whenever we can. And that's, that's an easy agreement to, to keep. So, um, I'd like to have a boat within five years that is running trips every single day, um, where that might be. I don't know. I, I live a couple hours from the outer banks and I have a, a huge lake two miles down the road. So, um, and then obviously, uh, I traveled, you know, back up North to, to visit friends and family. And, um, I know organizations that I've gone out on trips with in like Plymouth mass, for example, is an organization mm -hmm. called rifles to rods. Yeah. Um, I've helped them with trips. I've gone out on a, a trip or two with them and, uh, amazing guys. So like, it, it's not it's not people wanting to start another business it's basically just people that 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 don't care about making money that care about the amount of veterans killing themselves out there right now and trying to stop that matt you've i mean you've been doing this for a while now you must have a couple of stories that stick out in your mind of people that you know have come to you and said x y or z and where you have those moments where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be. and I'm doing the right thing. Do you have anything that comes to mind you like to share? Um, I mean, one guy comes to mind who I talk to probably about, I, I would say almost daily now. Um, this individual definitely struggles a lot with PTSD outwardly, um, despite, you know, them trying to probably curb it a little bit. Um, but I've never told them, to do that. And yeah. I've gotten recordings and messages and phone calls from the, this person when they've been at basically the darkest point that a person can be, um, and had to, you know, almost talk them off a ledge a time or two. And that was, you know, that was like a year, year and a half ago, but now he's one of those 12 people. Wow. Um, he is somebody who finally understands that sharing all of this stuff that's going on in his brain is a strength and not a weakness. Um, and he thanks me, I don't know, way more than he should. And it's, I, I, I'm, I'm always the first person to be like, listen, you know, it's not all because of me, it's because of all, all of you guys helping me. That's kind of how I always say it. So I'm sure like you, if somebody, thanks you for building them a house. You're not going to take all the credit for it. You know what I mean? No, it's my team. You know, right. I'm probably the least, least person that deserves the least credit. All I really did is kind of what you're doing, which is bring the right people together. Right. Um, I'm like the quarterback of a, of a lot of situations, which, you know, that's the one part about the military that I loved, you know, it made me into um, a, a natural leader, I guess you could say. And it's just about how much I choose to use those abilities yeah. um, along those lines i mean you, i mean you're dealing with people that are struggling all the time some of that stuff's above your pay grade conversation oh yeah for sure 
Uh, what do you, you know, what would you say to someone that is struggling with PTSD or that's, that's in a dark spot and, and, you know, needs, you know, some, there's a social stigmatism, right? A stigma, if you will, to, you know, uh, mental health, right? Yep. I always say if you're, if your arm was broken, you'd go fix that. Right. But if you, if your head's not right, everybody goes and hides in a corner and doesn't want to talk to anybody about it. So, um, you know, I always sit, try to say, well, if I was, you know, so um, distraught or whatever, I know that I promised myself I'd at least drive myself to the hospital and say, I'm not leaving till I'm, <laughs> till I'm in a better spot, right? So, but what do you say to somebody that's that's reached out to you or, or someone that hasn't, you know, and is dealing with it? What do they do? Well, the first, I mean, I always make it very, very known that I'm not, I'm not here as a first means of, of um, you know, tragedy like crisis intervention um i will answer every single message that comes into me and i've had some really tough ones um where i immediately brought in two or three other veterans that i not only know personally like you know sure i know we say we know people personally now through facebook and social media but when i say personally that means i've I've known them face to face um but i brought i brought you know a few guys in on those types of situations and we were able to get you know the va involved and 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 whatnot so like the the problem is is a lot of these guys and girls that want this necessary correct help for what they have there are waiting lists there are you know eligibilities there are just there are a variety of hurdles that some of these people have to pass over and so really i I walk a fine line i I really have to you know and i i don't i don't give advice to anybody that i don't know below a best friend basically or family like i i try not to give advice to anybody because like I'm not you, you know, unless I have some kind of direct experience, but basically I just try to flood positivity into every conversation that I have. And if it, if I can see it's going to a dark place, I'll just hose it down with anything that I can positive. Um, and I don't try to make up fluff. I try to keep it relevant and keep it real. But, um, if you, if I see that that's not helping, I, I will absolutely send them phone numbers that are available. I will absolutely tell them who I would see or I would recommend if I was in their shoes. And if I feel like their, you know, well-being is in jeopardy, then that's when I'll start reaching out to, to some other people. But um, especially people that I've never met that I'm meeting through Instagram or Facebook yeah, I would never want to get so deep into a, a dark discussion with somebody that next thing you know, the message is gone and I don't know what's happened to that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, that's scary. Um, well, cool. I mean, you've shared a lot. I appreciate it. appreciate your transparency. And I, I know that uh, there'll probably be somebody that sees this and it, it'll help. Um, getting back to the social media side. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, what did I write down? What would you tell someone looking to increase their reach with a with a Instagram page? I mean, you've done that organically, but I look at it and I'm like, geez, that's a lot of people, you know? And it's not like you just put some viral video on TikTok. I mean, that's like you bootstrap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me flossing. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you've really, I mean, that's not like going out and farming followers. I mean, you've really just, you know, that's probably just blood, sweat and tears contacting people reaching out and, and it's taken a few years, but you've done it. Yeah. I mean, what I would tell anybody looking to, to grow is just have patience. Um, I can't tell you how many times I almost deleted the page in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just like, what is it harming by, <laughs> by being right. there? You know? Well, you're so, consistent. That's the thing I've noticed is you're, you're, you've got content, content, content daily. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's kind of why I stayed with Instagram. Like at the time that I started this, I had literally just deleted everything on Facebook because it was when politics was just rampant. Yeah. I had enough. Yeah. It's not good for you. No. So Instagram, you know, majority of it's just visual, visual, visual. So it's easy to see a picture of, you know, three guys on a, on a boat with, you know, veterans fishing hats or something yeah. like that on and just having them holding, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've participated in, there's not a lot that people will message me and say, Hey, I'd like to collab with you and a bunch of other people on a giveaway. You want in on it. There's not a lot that I say no to. I've been in a giveaway with a lady that runs a makeup business. Like I gave, <laughs> I gave her a hat to give away, but in from that, I got like three guys from that were husbands of the women that were watching the video, you know? Yeah. So I, I never snub anybody. Um, I, I answer almost every message, which in this day and age is unheard of, especially with people over 10,000 right. followers. Um, and yeah. The content, like you're saying, it, it's yeah. if you just treat your business page like your personal page, then it's just going to be your personal page. But you you got to think that's how I that's how I would say I grew it. I thought like somebody that was following my page at all times. OK, yep. What's been uh, maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't. But what's been an unexpected benefit or takeaway from you having done it what what's what happened that you never expected would have happened from having an instagram page with 10 11,000 followers um i've recently been talking to jimmy buffett's personal boat captain <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> so he, he he helps run an organization down there called freedom fighters outdoors um cool. which buffett i'm sure has a hand in but That's basically talk, talking to the guy that runs that runs Buffett's boat is out there every day with him is well and it I mean having getting over 10,000 followers it, you know I mean it, it does give you some legitimacy if you will in that arena right yeah I've had some some reshares from some people that I am like yeah. starstruck by like you know uh, Mike Iconelli is a is a famous pro fisherman yeah um and he not only like gave us a shout out but he's like next to a guy in a photo wearing veterans fishing stuff and cool stuff I was just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when, you know, you're having an impact. So good for you. Um, well, how, do, I mean, how does somebody get a hold of you or check you out on, on uh, social? You're really all Instagram, right? Um, I, I've made a, uh, I'll say concerted effort to try and, and not ignore Facebook because I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a whole different group of, of folks and, and definitely, I don't want to say more mature folks, but like, Sure. Um, that you can't really have a fake page on Facebook, which is nice. Yeah. It's real. It's all basically the real people. And, 
this year specifically, I've been making a, you know, an effort every day to get on Facebook and, and treat that group the same way I would uh, treat every other follower that we have on, on Instagram. But the most impact is unfortunately, you know, at the moment done, <laughs> done through the big IG, but it's all, it's all the same, you know, it's all the same Zuck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me going he says so it's it. <laughs> get on uh instagram veterans fishing facebook veterans fishing um you're matt ferry um you're in yep. north carolina somebody wanted to reach out to you they can get a hold of you um in, info at veteransfishing.com um somebody wanted yeah. to donate money um they can do that you've got a venmo we have a, we have a business paypal we have a business venmo and then we also have um like ways you know if people are buying apparel we have three or four different ways that if you wanted to buy say a hundred dollars worth of stuff they're payments that you can split up and all that so what would be really cool to take away from from this podcast it, like if some guy with a boat called you and say hey i saw your podcast with bob and i've got a boat off the coast and uh you know i'll do uh two trips a year for you set it up what you said what would be the biggest takeaway yeah, like what if, you know, what, what would you like to see come from your time here today? Like if, if somebody's watching this that owns a boat down in Florida or off the coast or, you know, what would be awesome? Um, I mean, anybody that would see this that would have any sort of way to help our impact would be would be epic. I mean, anytime somebody reaches out and they're just wanting to help, that's that's like a dream come true. But I guess the thing that I, I really like to leave people with is is the reason the, the nutshell reason of why this is a thing. Um, and that is because nobody wants to talk about the suicide rate. It's a very, very uncomfortable subject, but that number has not gone down. It's gone up. Wow. Um, and, and last year and the year before were a big reason for that, unfortunately, but like the fishing itself is, it's a drug for a lot of guys and a lot of girls. Um, and it's not just the excitement of, you know, tugging on a fish. Sometimes when I'm out personally, I just literally have my rod in my hand. I close my eyes. I pretend I'm blind almost. And I just, how would I do this? You know, or, or like, and I'm hearing sounds and splashes and birds and, you know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Therapeutic. It's something that no actual drug can, can replicate. And for anybody on the fence about supporting something like this, this any outdoor programs that are out there right now actually have the ability to become vetted by the VA for prescription therapy. So this is, long story short, this is making headway. Like yeah. in the government, this is quickly becoming a means of therapy recognized by the VA. Um, so just try to- Guys, the limit. Yeah, just do do some research and see what it's doing for for veterans. And if you have questions, I'm I'm always available for anybody. Well, thanks for being here today, as they say. Even though we're doing it on Zoom, but it was good to connect with you. We need to do it more. Uh, it would be nice to do a do another one when I'm up there next time for sure. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll go up to camp and do one and and show them oh, what a little fishing, show them what a little fishing looks like and get my dad out there and and uh, get on the lake. And uh, nice smallmouth bass in that lake. Yeah, for sure. So um, anyway, I appreciate you taking the time. Super proud of you. Um, and uh, I know this is going to be well received amongst the, the people that I know. 
Um, and we just started this podcast. So you're, I think you're number five. So, uh, you know, this will be out of the week from Wednesday or whenever. So, um, I'll let you know. I'll send you a copy of it first, but um, and you can share it out to, to whoever you want and maybe get a little bit more traction and show people what you're all about. So thanks again. I appreciate it. And we'll talk with you real soon. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Love you. Take care.